I'm Judith Rivers, who along with my husband, Dwayne, formed the Rivers Team with the Phyllis Browning Company. The Rivers Team possess a deep understanding of both residential and ranch properties. The Rivers Team pride ourselves in providing client personalized service from the initial listing meeting to staging and photography, to marketing, and even to the final negotiations. The Rivers Team reinvents real estate with luxury concierge at your service. Find us at theriversteam.com. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. Godandourdogs.com. Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at godandourdogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs. This is Meg Greer, your host. Our vision on God and Our Dogs is discovering a new perspective and rely on God, the way our dogs rely on us. How does it happen? The same way our other relationships grow, spending time together, learning about one another, developing trust, and experiencing transformation. Dog stories told on the show leave us with a deeper understanding of Christ's love for us, our value to Him, God's purpose for our lives, and belonging to His family. Our own dog stories even come to mind, revealing aha moments, and help us to seek scripture in action with our dogs and God. Go to GodInOurDogs.com and sign up for Insider News so you can catch all the updates. Click follow on the God and Our Dogs pages on social media. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast site and on YouTube. Thanks to our host, Tusculum Brewing Company on Bernie's Historic Main Street, a great place to enjoy family, food, and Tusculum craft beer. Tusculum Brewing welcomes our dogs too. Today, we are blessed to have Dennis Blocker join us. Dennis is a dog trainer and handler. He specializes in training dogs for explosive and drug detection, patrol tactics, trailing, and scouting. He is also the author of two books, The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. Because of the love that developed between Dennis and his many dogs, they would introduce Dennis by saying, meet my dad. Welcome, Dennis Blocker. We are happy to have you join us today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I just think your career is so fascinating. How in the world did you get started? (laughs) It started many years ago with a... A little border collie, black and white border collie. She was uh, a two-face. Half her face was black and the other half was white. Her name was Pokey. And she's the first dog I speak about in book one. And the dogs I've known in two wars. And then from that point on, I've had a love for dogs. That's neat. How that carried on through the years. How do you go about knowing if a dog can handle this kind of a job? Well, that's a good question because... Uh, there's a lot of money spent for these dogs. Most of the dogs are bought in Europe. And then when we fly them over here, then we've got to test them. And the test goes something like this. You need, one, a dog that has high drive and high hunt, meaning that if you throw a ball, the dog's going to take off after it like a rocket. And then if it can't find it, then it's going to hunt for it. And it won't stop till it finds it. And I'll give you an example. I'll take a dog... And I'll take a ball, and I'll have the dog on a leash 
on a two-inch flat leather collar around their neck, and I'll take that ball and I'll throw it as hard as I can in low grass. They're actually on my heel side, which is my left side, and I watch them to see if they're jumping and jumping forward, wanting to go chase the ball. Once the ball slows down, I release the, the dog when he's jumping forward, and then he'll take off. I do not hold the leash. I let go of the leash right away. Because if I hold the leash and the dog takes off and I've not released the leash, it's going to pop the dog on the neck, and the dog's going to think I'm giving him a correction or giving her a correction, mm -hmm. making the dog think, I don't want them doing this. Right. So I've got to be in tune and watching the dog and myself to make sure I drop that leash when the dog takes off. Then when the dog gets the ball, I'm hooping and hollering, yelling, jumping up and down, screaming like the 4th of July just took place. And then the dog come back to me uh, with the ball, and I'll now move to another location in that same area uh, where the grass is a little bit taller. I'll do the same thing again. I'll throw the ball as hard as I can, and then when the dog's jumping forward, I drop the leash, and now I'm watching to see. I'm sorry, let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'm watching the dog as I throw the ball, and when the ball is almost out of sight, about ready to stop rolling in taller grass, because now he can't see it because it's in taller grass, I'll spin the dog in a 360 circle on that leash, and then once he's facing the direction where the ball was thrown, I'll drop the leash as he's pulling, jumping forward, and now I'm watching, for, I'm watching to see, is he going to use his eyes to find the ball, or is he going to use his nose? I don't want a dog who's going to hunt with his eyes because we don't want dogs out there, working dogs, hunting for explosives or drugs or bad guys or bad girls with their eyes. We want them searching with their nose on that odor. Once I see the dog now drop his nose to the ground, I'm really happy because now the dog's brain says, I can't see it, so let me find it with my nose. That ball has a rubber scent to it. The dog knows that scent. It also has my skin cells, my scent, my human scent on the ball, so he's actually searching for two things, the, the scent from the ball, the rubber, and the scent from my hand. When he gets to it, again, 4th of July takes place. I'm hooping and hollering. I'm yelling up in high tones. And with the dog world, you want to use high tones. Because if, if, you, if you ever watch dogs play in a group and they're playing, they're always high tones. They're yipping and yapping. And I, as a trainer, have to mimic that, that I'm happy. So I'm yipping and yapping real loud and getting the dog to come, in, come to me, and I'm scratching them all over the head, scratching them on the body. And then the next phase of this test, to make sure this is a dog we want to use to make him a working dog, is now I'll take him to the edge of the woods where there's a lot of thick brush. Again, I'll do the same thing. I'll take that ball, and I'll throw it as hard as I can along the ground because it's got to be on the ground because the ground is going to pick up my scent plus the scent of the rubber. I know that's hard to fathom, but that dog can smell that rubber. I may have thrown it 20, 30 yards on the ground, and it's rolling. But the dog smells that rubber on the ground and my human scent that's dropping from the balls to the ground, to the dirt or grass. Now this is short grass because I want the ball to go right in the edge of the woods. So I, when I see the ball has finally stopped in the brush, the thick brush, I'll spin the dog and let him go. He's lunging forward. I drop the leash. He goes. I want to see a dog that's going to go running toward that brush and dive right into it. Mm. And he's moving his paws, pushing brush away, trying to get to that, that ball. 
Once he gets it, he comes back to me at the 4th of July, hooping and hollering, high tones, scratched him on the head. So that's the initial test I use, most trainers use, to evaluate whether or not a dog is worthy to continue on in mm-hmm. training. Well, we're with Dennis Blocker, who's telling us all about how to identify the right type and temperament of a dog that can be trained extensively for drug and explosive detection and finding humans, finding other things that are important to us. So once you've identified the right dogs, what kind of commands do they have to learn? Uh, All the commands, at least the dogs I've trained, have all been trained in Dutch. And people will ask, why do you train them a different command? Because we don't want anyone else countering our commands. So if I give a command to dog to, uh, never mind, I'm not going to use the word. I was going to use the Dutch word for attack, and I'm not going to do that because I don't want nobody knowing what the word for attack is in Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Thanks for not sharing that. But uh, down is uh, oft, stay is blijven, and here is here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what kind of actions are you paying attention to so the dog is signaling you? How do you know if they've found what you are hoping they're going to find? This goes back to the, another phase of training, and it's usually after the field test I had just described. And what I do next is I will take the dog out the next day, or dogs, and I'll take three Kongs, which are actually big rubber balls, and I'll put it in a field, and it could be a grassy field, uh, short grass, but tall enough to where they can't see it. They can't see the ball with their eyes. Again, we don't want them searching with their eyes. We want them searching with their nose. So I'll put a Kong down the grass, and I'll put another Kong in the grass 20 yards from the first one, and I'll put another Kong in the grass 20 yards from that. So I've got three Kongs in a straight line, uh, all separated by about 20 yards. Then I'll get downwind from those Kongs, maybe 30, 40 yards, and then I'll start working crosswind with the dog on a leash. Again, a two-inch flat collar, and I'm watching the dog. I know this dog knows the scent of the rubber from that ball or that gong. And the wind is carrying that odor toward him. All of a sudden, I'll see the dog jerk his head up or turn his head to slightly to the left, or his tail will come up and start wiggling a little bit. Mm. These are all signs I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Once he turns and I see him going in the direction toward that gong, I drop the leash because I don't want to, again, tug on that leash, making him think I don't want him doing this. It's a negative pop on the leash are these are these signs that he that the dog is giving you are they real apparent or are they just very faint? this this here what i just described will be normally only what the handler will recognize because the handler knows a dog so well he's trained with the dog so long so many hundreds of times and hundreds of hours it's called a j and d the acronym stands for just noticeable difference nobody will see it but the handler will mm-hmm. uh now once, once, we, once we've done this, now what I do, where the dog has actually found all three Kongs with his nose, then I'll then put him up in a crate, give him a break, give him some water, and then I'll put explosive odor about four inches in front of that Kong. It's a different location because I don't want him going in the same area again because the scent is, it's all, it's all in that area. So I, I moved to another location, short grass. I'm sorry, not short grass, taller grass. And so I'll have the explosive and then the Kong. 
explosive, Kong, explosive, Kong. Again, remember, I've got three Kongs out there separated by 20 yards apiece. Now I've introduced not only the Kong, but the explosive odor. The dog has got to run his nose over the explosive odor to get to the Kong. So he's going to what we call self-reward. So again, I'm downwind. I'm working crosswind. I'll watch the dog. He'll turn his head. He'll start running toward that Kong, but he's got to go through that explosive odor to get to the Kong. So now I'm introducing for the first time in his life or her life, the scent of explosive odor. We'll do that three times. Mm -hmm. The next day, now I remove the Kongs. There's no Kongs anywhere. Now it's just explosive odor, explosive odor, explosive odor. Three locations separated by 20 yards apiece. I get downwind, we're crosswind. The dog remembers that scent of that explosive odor was associated with that Kong or that ball. Mm -hmm. He's going to turn or she's going to turn. As soon as they turn and start going toward the scent, I drop the leash. Now I've got to be ready as a trainer to realize that he's going right or she's going right to that odor. There's no Kong. So now I've got to be ready with a Kong in my hand over my shoulder. As soon as it puts its nose over that explosive odor, I've got to throw the Kong, make sure I don't hit him in the head mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or her in the head. Yeah. And then it's going to look like the Kong just blew out of the grass. It's amazing. And then again, it's 4th of July, hooping, hollering, head scratches. So then... That's yeah. how we know now that this dog knows that odor. Well, I know you've got lots of stories, but before you give us some more information, I'd like to tell you and our listeners today about our sponsor, the Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning. The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning are husband and wife, Judith and Dwayne Rivers. I can attest to the Rivers Team deep understanding of residential and ranch properties. Judith and Dwayne genuinely care for clients. The Rivers team handles it all from strategizing before the listing to staging, marketing, negotiating, and closing a favorable deal. Buying and selling real estate is stressful. The Rivers team makes the process as enjoyable as possible. That's how the Rivers team is reinventing real estate. Theriversteam.com. God and Our Dogs has great sponsors. Please thank them when you see them. Branscombe Law, The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning, Kendall County Abstract, and Tusculum Brewing. Because of them, we have a wonderful website, godnordogs.com, including my blog and the sign-up for a weekly Thought to Ponder with stories based on my dogs on the Wanted Treat page. You can also listen to those Thoughts to Ponder Thursday mornings at 745 and 845 on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM, or the Bernie Radio app. Check out the show webpage for our newsletter updates and resources. That's godnardogs.com for lots of treats. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. This is Nancy Burrington, and you're listening to God and our dogs with Meg Greer. Well, we're here now with Dennis Blocker, who has written some incredible books the dogs I've known in two wars. And in those books, you talk about a lot of different dogs, but two special ones in particular, Taurus and Lackey. Now, I know Taurus is quite a hero. He's, he was um, numerous tours in both Iraq and Afghanistan. But there's a really neat little story that you've got about Lackey. Um, I, I know both of those dogs saved a lot of lives, but it was an interesting day one day when you guys were out on patrol. Can you tell us a little bit about that? We were getting ready to go to work along the Tigris River 
searching for explosives. And I noticed to my left, there were two Americans behind a Jeep, and they had this large metal box, probably 24 inches by 24 inches, and it was probably about five inches high. And they were pounding on it with a hammer and a screwdriver. That doesn't sound real safe. No. (laughs) And they looked at me, and they said, is that a bomb dog? I said, yeah, it's my bomb dog. They said, would you mind checking this to see if there's explosives in this box? And I said, excuse me. I said, everybody's told before they come to the war zone, if you didn't put it down, don't pick it up. I said, you guys are sitting there pounding this box with a hammer and a screwdriver, and you're asking me if this is a bomb dog because you want to check to see if there's explosives. I said, step (laughs) away. And I said, I'll have my dog run it. So we got downwind. I had Lackey go to the sit position on my heel side, which is my left side, and I didn't even have the opportunity to, to give the command to search, which is in Dutch, souk. And he started lifting his head and pulling. When he lifted his head and I saw that head twitching to the left and right, and he started pulling, I knew these were explosives. Wow. That was a just noticeable difference he was showing me. So I said, souk, and he took off. He ran right up to the box, put his nose over the box, and did a hard, fast sit, which means there's a lot of explosive odor here. Wow. And so I looked at him. I said, there's explosives here. I said, need to call EOD, which is uh, Explosive Ordnance Disposal Team, have them come out, secure the area, evacuate this area, and have them take charge of this. Mm-hmm. So by watching the signs that Lackey was giving you, um, those just noticeable differences, you were able to not only know that the explosives were there, but the quantity that might be there, too. That's amazing. I knew there was a lot, but I didn't know how much. Yeah. Well, you know, that makes me think about God in a way. So what kinds of just noticeable differences do you think that we can see in our lives? How did that make you um, more aware of God by working with your dogs in that way? I was saved. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior on June 30th, 1982. In all those years, I've learned through the years to be able to recognize when God's talking to me and telling me, and not verbally, but showing me signs that he's trying to tell me something or show me something. They might be small little signs, and for the young Christian, those small little signs will be small. And then, as you continue to grow as a Christian, they become stronger and stronger. As you become more mature as a Christian, you're able to see and recognize those signs stronger. And the reason you recognize them and you're a stronger Christian in recognizing God's talking to you and showing you signs or using people, uh, it all starts with you having to step out and trust God 100%. Mm-hmm. In all my books, I sign Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It's been my life verse ever since I've been a Christian, which states, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I realized as a younger Christian, as I grew, once I started acknowledging that I was seeing things, I felt God was telling me. And when I stepped out in that direction, I realized that, God was, in fact, trying to show me something, and I followed through, and I trusted him with all my heart. I didn't lean on my own understanding. I didn't try to figure it out in my own mind. I didn't rely on the flesh to try to work this out. No, I can do it, God. I don't need you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I realized that 
uh, I had to trust him and not try to figure out my own, but trust God and follow him, and he would lead me on that path. So I started looking at dogs and realized, my goodness, it's almost, and it's no, no slam or insult to God. It's just that I realized that what I'm seeing in the dogs, I learned from God. Mm-hmm. That just noticeable difference was so slight in the dogs, that little lifting of the tail and twitching of the tip of the tail or the body just twitch a little bit or the head twitch or the ears twitch. Only the handler would see that, but the handler has to be so well in tune with his dog, he has to recognize that sign. And those Christians who are trying to understand and follow God, they have to recognize those little signs that God's given you, and you have to follow through and trust God and go in that direction. Then there's what's called a COB, which stands for, the acronym stands for change of behavior. Everybody recognizes that. Now all of a sudden, the dog now turns his body real hard and pulls and is jumping up and down and maybe even yipping a little bit and whining a little bit. And that's telling the handler, my dogs tell me now there's definitely explosions right here and he's leading me to it. Mm-hmm. Or there's an insurgent here and he's, he's picking up the scent of this bad guy and he's pulling me to this bad guy. And that's a change of behavior. So in the Christian life, in my walk with God and also as a trainer, a canine trainer, I started to realize the J&D and the change of behavior in watching dogs, we get the same thing in our relationship with God. God shows us a just noticeable difference, a change of behavior, and then we have to uh, follow, follow God and acknowledge him 100%, and he'll lead us on that path he wants us on, and that's the path of rewards. I saw it as a Christian, and I saw it also as a canine trainer, that that J&D, just noble's difference, the Christian will acknowledge God. I, I see now, God, you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. But it's really scary because I've never stepped out. I'm not sure if I can do this, but you've got to do it. God says you've got to do it because that's total faith, 100% faith. Then when you do that, that's when you start growing as a Christian. And then when you do it as a trainer, as a handler with your dog, you're going to see that just noble's a difference, change of behavior, Trusting your dog 100% will bring you rewards. That just noticeable difference with a Christian, recognizing God talking to you and those small little things, then you see the, the bigger things because you're growing maturely as a Christian because you've stepped out more and more in the past, in the past trusting God. And now you now are at that point where you trust him 100%. And now you're getting the rewards of believing Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Yeah. Isn't it just amazing, <clears throat> Dennis, that um, stories and that we live out in our life, um, if we just look for the just noticeable differences, whether it's with our dog or with our of family members, that we can see God in that, and we can learn how we can grow, and uh, as as Christians, as uh, as Christ followers, and become the people that God has always intended us to be. It's pretty cool. Very rewarding. I'm sure there are just so many things you could tell us about training dogs, and how to watch for the signals they're giving us and giving you as their handler. 
Um, so I think we're just going to have to have you back because you've just scratched the surface. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Well, we've been talking with Dennis Blocker, who is the author of The Dogs I've Known in Two Wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. Dennis, please tell us how we can support you. Uh, you can go to my website. It's Dogs of Two Wars, and the, the, the two is the numeral two, not T-W-O, but dogsoftwowars.com. Or you can go to our website store, which is dogsoftwowarsstore.com. Great. Dennis Blocker, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. The dogs I've known in two wars, both Iraq and Afghanistan and Taurus and Lackey. What great stories. And I'm sure there's some other wonderful stories about your dogs along the years and how you got started and all of their heroics. Well, this is Meg Greer. I want to thank you again, Dennis Walker, for being with us. And I appreciate our listeners today. And I thank all of you for listening. Listen to God and Our Dogs again on your favorite podcast site. And if you have a neat story about God and your dog, send an email to stories at godandourdogs.com. Please join me next week for God and Our Dogs for some new perspectives for relying on God the way... Our dogs rely on us. Discover a new perspective. God and our dogs. God and our dogs.com. I'm Judith Rivers, who, along with my husband, Dwayne, formed the Rivers team with the Phyllis Browning Company. The Rivers team possess a deep understanding of both residential and ranch properties. The Rivers team pride ourselves in providing client personalized service from the initial listing meeting to staging and photography to marketing and even to the final negotiations. The Rivers team reinvents real estate with luxury concierge at your service. Find us at theriversteam.com. Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4. This is Bernie Radio.